Beautiful, beautiful Antigua, great to see you and everyone in Dallas. Great to see you as well. Hey, this last weekend we launched our North Dallas campus. Family is growing, gave birth to another baby. Uh, so hopefully everybody's feeling strong and excited. I know I am. Uh, but I wanted to ask either Ben or Casey share a story uh, from North, and then we'll go into our leadership lesson for today. Watch these chords. Yes, we launched North. It was good, too. It was so good. And just real quick, too, I want to say thank you to our pastors and to everybody. There was a lot of behind the scenes, even people that didn't go North making things happen. So thank you so much. But real quick, uh, there's so many uh, stories that actually happened. But uh, just a few, one big one that stood out to me, uh, there was a couple. And those for the, some of you don't even know about Town North Building. Um, and actually what it took to get Town North yeah, building. Yeah, right. When you're looking out in the crowd and, I don't know, you have 60 people. Yeah. And you're like, hey, we need to purchase this building. And 30% of it is college students. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Lord, we need you. We need you. Uh, but And in one, um, one week, Pastor Ono and Nika were gone. And they asked me and Judy to run team night. And uh, we didn't know what we were doing at all. <laughs> So we were like, let's take up an offering, all right, for this building. (laughs) Of course, we shared heart and vision and all that stuff. And and we, I mean, Town North was still, it looked like the old church and everything. I think they let us go in the building. I can't remember. But anyways, there was one couple there. And no one even knew this couple. But they were like, we're going to come. And this couple ended up coming forward and say, they, they gave some, and I think we only maybe took up $200 that night or something like that, but they said, we will match whatever uh, the amount to get this building. Uh, and this David and Katrina Garrett, they ended up moving away, haven't talked to them in, I don't know, since Town North days. And all of a sudden, I see them walking in the hallway lobby of North Campus. And I, I literally, I'm not a crier, and I literally almost cried when I saw them, just knowing that they were a part of it way, way, way before sewed into that building, and now we're planting a North Campus building. It was just, it was so beautiful to see them, and they're so excited. And then just so many other people uh, just coming. Uh, Casey uh, said something really good. She felt that there were a lot of people out of the boat that had been a part of Shoreline in the past. And now all all of a sudden they're back in the boat uh, because we came up uh, north. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to say with David and Katrina, they had told us part of the stories that they have not been in church since they left Shoreline. And so I, what I was telling Ben was that there's this net that people had fallen out of our boat because they moved so far. And so we recast this net up north and caught all those people. There was probably 10 families that had not been in church since. And so thank you so much for caring. And I feel like it was the Holy Spirit saying, I want them back. Um, and so it was so powerful. So thank you guys so much. I know so many more to come and get in the boat. Well, so beautiful. Great to hear uh, all of these stories. We're going to jump into some uh, leadership time here. If you have your Bibles, go to uh, Luke uh, chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 27. But to you who are listening, I say, this is Jesus speaking. 
Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on, the, on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) If there's ever a page to be torn out of the Bible. (laughs) This... um, Uh, For for today, I wanted to talk around the lines of being a Christ-like leader. Uh, This is something uh, that we talk about, obviously, at uh, Growth Track. Uh, This is language that we have as a church family. This is our win. This is the goal for us as a church is to raise up Christ-like leaders who make it on earth as it is in heaven. And if you've been in Growth Track, you have seen we put some... uh, indicators, mile markers, if you will, for Christ-like leader. You know, you've completed growth track. You've been involved for six months. You brought, uh, you got friends at church. You brought some other people on the journey and all of those are wonderful. Uh, But we fully understand uh, just because you might do those four things does not necessarily make a person Christ-like. We all know this. Um, This is just our way of saying, okay, you get to stay on the journey with us. You get to stay on the journey because our goal, our goal, our dream is not that you would check off those four boxes. Our goal is that you would actually be Christ-like in your leadership and in your life. This is what the goal is for my life as well. The goal here is not to make you more like me. The goal here is to make you more like Jesus. That's the goal. And the reality is when Jesus poured his life into his followers, these followers turned the world upside down. That's what happened. As a matter of fact, the the fingerprints of Christianity are all over human history. You cannot go back too far without seeing the fingerprint of what Christ did in the lives of these followers of Jesus, how it has impacted nations, governments, places all over the world. So what we're wanting, what we're wanting is we're wanting to raise up more Christ-like leaders because we're wanting the nations to be touched again. And we're wanting the world to be turned right side up, maybe instead of upside down. We're wanting men and women who will be the hands and feet of Jesus all around the world. So with that being uh, said, what does it what does being a Christ-like leader call you to? What, what, where, where, where is it taking you? Uh, what, what are the demands, if you will? What, what's the requirement? Here's a few things 
uh, that jotted, uh, I jotted down. Christ-like leadership calls you to do the opposite of what you want to do. Okay. If you want to be a, a Christ-like leader, <laughs> you are being called and I am being called to do the opposite of what I want to do. Um, if you have a roommate or, um, or your roommate's your spouse, <laughs> you know, regardless, you've got, you got, got a roommate. Um, uh, I'll use Onika and I for, for an example. Um, best friends. I love Onika so much. You know, she loves me. Uh, we totally get on each other's nerves at times, right? I mean, it's like part of being married. It's just sometimes you're like, oh, and, um, and you're going to stay married, and you're still best friends, and you're still totally for each other, but there's some times that you're like, okay, okay, so... I don't know what it's it's over usually over something dumb right so something dumb happens or she says something or doesn't say something or whatever and now you know I'm feeling offended right I'm like I'm bothered by this I'm I'm like I can't believe that and I she should know and or we've talked about this before and I'm sure she's had these thoughts with me but I'm up here with the microphone uh, sharing (laughs) sharing my my weaknesses my insecurities I should totally be over it whatever it is whatever it is I I should be over it, but I'm not, and I'm just stewing on it, and I'm just thinking about it, and then you start thinking about it more, you start attaching it to all other things, like, ooh, her character, and man... I hope it's not like this forever. And before you know it, you know, you're just down some pit and some hole. And in my head, I start going, you know what? Well, I'm just going to be quiet tonight. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm, tonight, I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk tonight. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not, I'm not going to talk. And I'll be at the dinner table, but I'm. I'm not going to talk. And in my head, it makes so much sense because if she's not going to talk to me. I'm not going to talk to her. It's petty. It's so dumb. But then, uh, this happened not too long ago. I go, uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit's going, okay, is that right? Is it right? No, you might be justified. But is that the way of Christ? Then I got to make a decision. Antigua, I got to make a decision. Am I going to do what I want to do or am I going to do what I feel the spirit is calling me to do and what being a Christ-like follower is asking me to do? So I have to get over myself. I have to do the opposite of what I want to do. Now, that's a small example. When we're reading through this, Jesus saying, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Lend to people without expecting anything in return. Somebody takes your coat, give them your shirt, too. I mean, he is going way above the norm for any one of us. But this is the type of life that marks the world. And people go, wait. What's different about you? Because they might look at some people might look at our marriage and think, "Oh, you guys are perfect," and think, "No, you you don't ever have any problems." On the reality is, Onique and I have been willing, not all the time, but most times, have been willing to do the opposite of what we actually want to do. And when you are willing to do that, you can end up with something that does not look like everything else that is out there. But if you just want to do what you want to do whenever you want to do it, you'll not be a Christ-like leader. The way you call to me. The two things don't work together. 
don't right. work together. That's right. That's so great right. word. Christ-like leader, leadership calls you to go further. Whoa. It calls you to go further. Um, I, I'm, we got to go to uh, Southeastern University uh, this past week and uh, speak, and it was uh, what an honor to be there and be around college students. And uh, it was great to be able to talk with one of the professors uh, because he was really giving some fantastic insight to uh, those who were learning youth ministry because uh, he had been in local church ministry for a number of years. And he was really giving some really, really practical insight. And I was happy to hear uh, that youth pastors were getting this type of training right. because sometimes in Bible school, yeah. you don't get good training. You get good theory. But you don't get good training. Now, this is not every school, not every school, but just you you can meet people who are in Bible college. And I'm like, man, you're not going to make it. (laughs) Not because not because you're bad. okay? but you're just going to have to have some other tools in your tool belt other than just book knowledge in order to be able to be effective in local church ministry. And one of the things for local church ministry, you have to be willing to go further than you're going, than you want to do. You will hit points where you're like, no, I've gone far enough. And Jesus here says, if they want you to go with them one mile, go with them two. You know how hard that second mile actually is? It's hard. I mean... There's no getting around it being hard. It's not like, oh, second mile and Jesus called me to it. So now that means it's easy. No. If you want to be second mile in your marriage, you want to be second mile in your leadership, you want to be second mile in your business, you want to be second mile in whatever area of your, if you want to be a second mile Christian, then you're going to have to be willing to die to yourself in ways you never even thought possible. You have to be willing to go further. This is what Christ-like leadership calls all of us to. And I feel like, uh, you know, uh, I've been watching March Madness right now. Hopefully you're watching March Madness in Antigua too. I don't, I'm not sure if college basketball makes it down. Down there. But 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 March Madness, I, I love it. But Tom Izzo, he is the coach of the Michigan State uh, Spartans. They are in the Final Four. If you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, I forgive you. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of his players came off the court and he just got in his player's face and he was yelling at this kid. I mean, Tom Izzo's probably, I don't know, six feet tall. This kid is, you know, six, eight. And Tom Izzo, so he wasn't, he wasn't yelling at his face, yelling at his belly. And he's like, he's just getting on this kid. And the kid's a freshman and he's just yelling at him. And, and the news outlets were like, man, did Tom Izzo go too far as he's yelling at this kid? And I'm thinking, no way. If you want to be an elite level athlete on one of the biggest stages, then you're going to have to have a coach that is willing to get in your belly or in your face and demand the best out of you because that guy was a top 100 recruit in the nation and the effort he was giving was not consistent with the ability that was put on the inside of him. So he had to have a coach that would say, hey, you're better than this and you can go further than you've gone this far. At your job, at church, in leadership. You got to do it with love. You got to do it with love. 
I'm, I know that Tom Izzo loves his players, you know. The world is going crazy, but that player is totally fine. Don't be a baby. Don't be a baby. He's got to be willing to go, hey, yeah, this, this is, I, I, I want to go further. Wow. Wow. Lastly, certainly not least, Christ-like leadership calls you to remember mercy. Beautiful. Calls you to remember mercy. Calls me to remember mercy. You've, you've heard it said, um, grace is giving us, is God giving us what we don't deserve. That's what grace is. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. But mercy is different. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. So mercy is for all the world we deserve hell. But mercy is God saying, hey, I got a son put on a cross for your sins. And I know you deserve separation from me because you're not holy like I am. But someone else has paid the penalty for your sin. You can have right relationship with me. You're covered. You're whole. You're complete. You're made new. Mercy. Not getting what we do deserve. What does your roommate deserve? What does your coworker deserve? What does your spouse deserve? What do the people on your team, what do they deserve? What do your kids deserve because they messed up and they didn't live up to the standard and they didn't do what was right and they did not uh, say they weren't going to be there. Uh, they, they, they said yes on planning center but didn't show up. Uh, what do they deserve? And mercy, mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And in this passage of scripture here, Jesus says, be merciful, just as your father Beautiful. is merciful. Beautiful. Does that mean we dumb down standards? Does that mean we don't care what people do? No, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying Christ-like leadership, it just calls you to a higher level. It does. It demands more of all of us. But what is being demanded of us was actually already given to us in the person of Jesus. And we are now empowered by the spirit to do the very thing that we're being called to do. We do not have to do this in our own strength and power. We not only have an example in Jesus, but we have the very spirit of the living God living on the inside of us that can now propel us forward to live lives that are consistent with what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. This grace is absolutely, I mean, it's otherworldly. It's otherworldly. The game is rigged in your favor. This is what the grace of God has done for us. This is what the spirit of God does on the inside of us. And this is what we're being called to. Christ-like leadership. Love you guys a ton. Uh, Excited to have this time together. All right, let's share.